When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where our mission is to serve you and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. One of the biggest purchases we make, typically for most of us, the second biggest purchase we'll ever make is for a vehicle. The industry's been on an ugly roller coaster ride, beautiful for them, ugly for you and me, but I got good news. I'm going to fill you in on what you need to know, and later... Another huge data breach that includes ridiculous amounts of your personal information, including social security numbers, 6 million people exposed. And I mean, the crooks got a lot of information to destroy your identity and steal your money, potentially. I'm going to tell you what you need to know, the backstory, tell you why it's so important to protect yourself. Remember, the answer to every question in your life, freeze your credit. So first, we're going to talk about the car market. Car market, for people who've had to buy, is bad ugly. And it's been bad ugly since COVID really got into full gear back in 20. And first, we had the factory disruptions for both final assembly and the various contract parts manufacturers for automotive companies. And then following that, we had the chip shortage, and it's been one ugly event after another. And automakers discovered that the shortage could make them more money. That's right, that in shortage, they could make more. So the automakers took the cost of new vehicles high as a kite, and for particular factors that were so bizarre for a while, used vehicles back in 21 went up crazy amounts, uh, depending on how you measure it, a price increase of 40 to 70% on used vehicles. In short, what happened was early in COVID, when travel stopped, the car rental companies to try to survive sold off all their fleets. Well, then when travel started recovering, they didn't have any cars. And they didn't have cars at the same time as auto manufacturers. Manufacturing was all disrupted, and they couldn't really make cars even if they wanted to because of the factory shutdowns because of COVID spread or the shortage of parts and then the chips and blah, 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 blah. So the car rental companies went out and bought whatever used vehicles they could get. And as someone who rents vehicles all the time, I was repeatedly seeing vehicles that I was being rented that had mileage beyond 50,000 miles, where historically rental cars tended to have less than 20,000 miles on the odometer because by historical measures, car rental companies would buy a vehicle new and then they ditch it 
around 20,000 miles. Well, here they were buying vehicles with miles way beyond that just to have fleet. That sucked up the combination of the shortage of new vehicles being manufactured and the rental fleets needing to rebuild created massive price pressure in the used vehicle market. And now what's happened with the used vehicle market from early in 22 with prices being up 40%, Now prices have come down a significant amount from that, and it really is like the roller coaster went straight up, stayed up there for a good while at the crest of the roller coaster, and then prices late last year started their descent, and now they've come way down, but they're still inflated from what they were before COVID. The new vehicle prices that had gone up so much They are trending steadily down. Automakers are fighting this trend by shipping dealers vehicles that are optioned out. So you got the higher interest rates to buy a vehicle, and you have the manufacturers shipping vehicles that are all optioned out and more expensive, and that's causing a train wreck now for car dealers who benefited so much before and now not. Coxo Automotive, which is a big researcher, and they're involved in auctioning vehicles and all that, put out a list of what brands are in major overstock right now. A dealer likes to have, or a manufacturer likes to have, what's known as a theoretical 55 or 60-day supply of vehicles. Some use 55, some use 60, and what that means is from the point that the vehicle finishes assembly, it's put on a train and then put on a truck and then delivered, that the whole design is that within 60 days, that vehicle sold. So you have this pipeline of vehicles. We went through a long period where many vehicles were under 10-day supply, which means there were none on dealer lots. I read a quote from a dealer who said, who owns multiple dealers, that helicopters could land on his lots for months on end because there were no vehicles on the lot. And so who's oversupplied? Buick has double the ideal supply of vehicles. Jaguar has double. Jeep has double. Chrysler, Ram, Infiniti almost double what would be considered to be an ideal supply. Lincoln up there with them. Dodge, almost that heavy, and Ford also significantly oversupplied, oversupplied about 35% beyond that idealized 55 or 60 days. Very few automakers still are in extreme shortage of vehicles. So guess what's happened? We were in a period for a long time where dealers were marking way up above manufacturer suggested retail price. And now the average vehicle is being discounted. The typical profits of a car dealer that had skyrocketed to record levels because of all these factors I talked about, now are moving back to more normalized profit levels, meaning that the beat up car buying consumer, now you got to know what happens in a 15 round boxing match. Krista, what happens when you get knocked to the canvas? Get back up. You get back up, you put that mouthpiece back (laughs) in, and you go back in the ring. 
And that's where we are now with the vehicle market. The conditions are going to continue to improve because the automakers are, they're like, uh, is it Wiley Coyote and the cartoons who used to go way out and uh, be out past the cliff yeah. and then he'd Spin look down yeah. and he'd see that the ground is way down there. A lot of the automakers have not capitulated yet to true market forces. But let me tell you, one of the things about capitalism is so great. They're going to say, hey, wonder why we have all these unsold vehicles. Huh? Maybe we need to offer more value priced ones. So we're getting there. We're not quite there yet. All I can tell you is the conditions are dramatically improved. And I read a quote from one Jeep dealer. He's been so loaded up with these overpriced Jeeps that no one will even consider buying them, that he'll accept virtually any offer he can come up with. That's what the manufacturers have done, is they've put the dealers between a rock and a hard place by shipping them these vehicles they really don't want that are fully option loaded. When the marketplace is looking for more affordable things, that's the recipe for this steadily continuing to turn around and as I promised back in my beginning of the year predictions, I said the back half of 23, we were going to see significantly better prices on vehicles. And that is absolutely going to play out. You're going to lose some of that benefit, though, because interest rates on vehicle loans are so much higher now. But the trend is your friend. Well, Anna in Florida says, my 85 Civic finally bit the dust. I was hoping to drive it until the market got better. We own one sedan, but my wife is pregnant with baby number two. Congratulations. Yes, congratulations. And I don't love leaving her without a car when I go to work. It's a bit of a commute, so being dropped off really isn't an option. We definitely want a Toyota Sienna or Honda Odyssey, but are unsure if we should buy a new or two to four-year-old model. We plan to keep the car a very long time as witnessed by my dear departed Civic. Baby is due in October, so we have a little bit of time. Which option do you advise? So a 28-year-old Civic, I would say um, with with the Odyssey and the Sienna, the advantage in your case would go to Sienna because they're all hybrids. And over a 20-year period, that fuel burn that you would not have, the greatly reduced fuel burn, will benefit you so much. Even though the Sienna will cost you more up front, potentially, the fact that you'll be getting roughly double the fuel economy that you'd get with the Odyssey, to me, would make the Sienna the better choice. But, you know, people who who buy in this duopoly, because really people that buy vans think of these two as their bucket i'd go drive both of them because you're going to own it for so long i mean for 20 plus years potentially and fuel economy isn't everything it's just really helpful and see which one you like so do you think new car definitely a new car right now the price of the used cars in fact i have that chart if you want me to bore you with it but the value of the newer cars is not at a point that if you're looking at buying one a couple years old, which is normally something I would tell people to do versus buying new, right now you're not getting the discount to the negotiated price 
of a new vehicle versus what you could buy a couple-year-old one, I think right now, particularly for an ultra-long-term owner like yourself, buy new. Jeff in South Carolina says, I heard you recommend liability-only insurance for older cars. My son is about to be a first-time driver, and insurance is crazy expensive for him. Clark and I both are aware of that. We've considered liability insurance, and it makes sense for an older car, which is likely what we'll be getting for him. But the issue I have is with the medical side of it. If he gets into an accident that is his fault and ends up in the hospital with liability-only, all the medical bills would be on us, correct? Isn't that a huge risk to be taking? I feel like I must be missing something. You're not missing anything. So there's more factors than just that, Jeff, with the medical side. So if someone's in the vehicle with your son and is injured, then the family of that kid is probably coming after you. And so there's coverage you can buy with auto insurance that is a relatively inexpensive part of the auto insurance equation that has different names in different states because insurance is regulated by the states. In South Carolina, I don't know exactly what it's called in your state, but it may be called MedPay, may be called uninsured and underinsured motorist coverage, whatever. Uh, And I can't tell from what you uh, posted if you don't have health insurance. Generally, if you're in an accident, it's treated the same under your health insurance as a regular illness, but this is a way to protect yourself, particularly from the other person who may be injured in a vehicle. Let's say it's not your son's fault, but the other driver is driving around with no insurance and has no coverage at all, then having the uh, what in most states is referred to as uninsured or underinsured coverage provides for the medical care for your son and anybody in the vehicle with him. Michelle in California says, I hired an attorney to complete our estate planning documents, including a special needs trust for our son with autism. Upon review of the trust, I realized it was drafted incorrectly. I tried for months to have the attorney correct the trust. Finally, I called your Consumer Action Center and I was referred to our local county bar association to begin an arbitration process since this is what the attorney's retainer agreement indicated would be the avenue for any dispute resolution. I started the process with the LA County Bar Association, paid their fee, and soon began receiving letters from the County Bar Association regarding the pending arbitration process. Then the attorney who ignored me for one year plus was offering me a full $2,000 refund plus the arbitration fee. He wasn't willing to ignore the LA County Bar Association as persistently as he ignored me. Thank you for empowering us consumers to hold others accountable. I would not have known how to begin the arbitration process if not for the Consumer Action Center rep who listened and advised me. This attorney has since issued us a full refund plus the fee. Thank you forever, a Clarkie. Thank you for that. And our Team Clark Consumer Action Center is there to serve you 30 hours a week with one-on-one advice, guidance, and information. And that's why we've had it for nearly 31 years. This is a case where you are able to get the tools to fight your own battle. That's really our goal, and you did it. And arbitration, you're turning arbitration on its head. Arbitration is designed to hurt the consumer, and you used it to right a wrong. Nobody ever does that. Consumers never, typically on their own, go and engage in arbitration against somebody who's done them wrong. You did it. 
and you got results. And the Consumer Action Center is available to serve you with free one-on-one advice 30 hours each week. If you go to clark.com slash CAC, you'll see how Team Clark may be able to help you out of a jam. One other thing, you mentioned that this was for a special needs trust. I want to make sure you're aware of the 529 ABLES. The 529 ABLE accounts are like a sibling of 529 college savings plans. They allow where normally with a special needs child, you're not allowed to put money aside for them or you may lose access to benefits available at the state or federal level for a special needs child. Money that is in a 529 ABLE account is exempt from those restrictions. And the money grows tax-free, is spent tax-free for the needs of a child. And we have, it's an older guide, but we have an explanation for you of how ABLE accounts work if you have a special needs or disabled child at clark.com. We actually just updated it. Oh, we have updated it? Yeah, we updated it yesterday, in fact. No, you did not. Yes, we did. Wait, we just updated the guide? We did. Okay. We have up-to-the-minute information for you about how to use these 529 ABLES as a way to get money aside for future needs for a special needs or disabled child. And it is a complicated area. One thing that's pretty simple, these 529 ABLE accounts. Coming up ahead, what I talked about at the very top of this podcast, another ugly data breach. This one gets into like quite a category of ugliness. I'm going to tell you what you need to know. I know we get to a point where we get numb and don't even absorb information about data breaches because they are so common. And it's funny how corporate America plays this. When they get hacked, they hire a firm to try to deal with the hack you know, try to stop the damage from continuing, the bleeding to stop. And then they hire a mitigation firm to give them all the garbage that they pretend they're doing something for you by sending you a standard letter saying that your information has been stolen and we'd like to offer you worthless credit monitoring for the next 24 months. Just want you to remember this. Anytime you read one of these letters, And you see the standard operating procedure of the worthless credit monitoring. No matter how they word it, just remember in your mind, it's worthless. Because it is only alerting you that somebody's already stolen your identity and is trying to run off with your money. The only effective tool, and you'll hear me say this over and over again for decades now, is credit freeze. And even with how simple it is, and how it's just something available anywhere for free in the United States, the overwhelming number of Americans have not done it. That ignores a key rule. Prevention is so much simpler than the cure. Because once somebody has started pretending to be your you and applying for credit as if they're you or buy cars as if they're you or whatever it is, cleaning it up is a mess. Why am I so fierce about this? Listen to this, first reported by TechCrunch. One of the big pharmacy companies, 
uh, pharmacy distributors for corporate America got hacked. The personal data of 6 million Americans is out there. But wait, wait, wait. There's more. Not only do the criminals have your information, wait till you hear what depth of information they have about you. They have your social security number. If you're on Medicare, they have your Medicare number. Okay, there's never been one I've seen the Medicare thing. They have your name, your date of birth, and they have all the medicines you take and health conditions you have, which in some cases could lead to potential blackmail attempts, knowing personal information about you. The criminals, I don't know what this means, but people that are in the technology field will know what this means. The data file they stole is 4.7 terabytes of data, which apparently means they've got deep, deep data on these 6 million of us. The company is called Pharmerica. Bright Spring Health is another name they use. So this data breach, if you are familiar with either of these companies that serve 6 million Americans whose data was stolen, you need to right away, if you've not done so already, freeze your credit. What does that mean? The biggest confusion about freezing your credit is people think it means that the credit you have is no longer accessible to you, but it has nothing to do with your existing credit. It's only somebody attempting to apply for new credit as if they're you, a cell phone as if they're you. So many things where someone would be accessing your identity to verify that your standing is good, your credit is good, or that you are who you say you are which is the irony, because once a criminal has stolen your identity, they are the ones who are establishing that they are you. And remember what they got. Think of all those deep layers of info they have on you with your social, date of birth, addresses, all that stuff. It's danger. So it's really easy. You got to set aside about 15 minutes, typically at most, to instantly freeze your credit files with Equifax, TransUnion, and Experian. Again, it's free. If you go to clark.com slash credit freeze, you'll see how to do it with each of the bureaus. And know that this is a nasty situation. But so many millions of us have already had information like this that has fallen in the hands of criminals for years I mean, think about the Equifax data breach. There was the worst data breach in the history of the modern era. And criminals have all this kind of level of personal information on more than half of American adults. So if you haven't done credit freeze, regardless if you're affected by this situation or just because you woke up in the morning, you don't have credit freeze, get it done. Krista? Brent in Ohio says you recently stated not to use any bank to hold your Roth or mutual fund or investment accounts. In the last few months, I started a robo investment account with Ally Invest because of the zero dollar transactions and no fee structure. My wife and I have too great of income to invest in an IRA, so I thought this was a great option. Please let me know if I've made an error. You've not made an error. Ally is an exception because they're not a bricks and mortar bank. 
all the ripoffs in bank-based investing or bank-affiliated investing are with traditional bricks-and-mortar banks. That They are very high-cost operations. They offer terrible, terrible brokerage operations with very high fees, very high commissions, and they don't live to a fiduciary standard, meaning they're not doing what legally requires them to do what's in your best interest. So Ally, as an online-only bank, runs a very lean operation, and their Ally Invest, as best I have been able to tell, is clean and fine. John in Florida says, T-Mobile wants me to pay $336 for equipment they sent a long time ago. I kept it for several years and trashed it because it didn't work. I switched mobile phone providers and they are billing me. I told them I would pay it if they could show me a document authorizing the equipment and my obligation to pay. No such document has been provided. Today I received notice that my account went to collections. I have an 800 plus credit rating, which stands to be trashed. Can you help? I will pay if they can produce the document with my authorization. All right, you got to do two things right away. You're dealing with a giant bureaucracy at T-Mobile. They're never going to find the paperwork. You want to file a complaint with the Better Business Bureau. And when you go to BBB.org, it will figure out which local affiliate of the BBB your complaint will go to. Um, All the big cell phone carriers, all the biggest companies that are consumer-facing have reps that deal just with the Better Business Bureau complaints that are filed. You do that, and at the same time, you send a letter within five days, so it's a five-day letter, to the collection agency disputing the validity of the debt. If you don't do that, that will then go on your credit immediately and will destroy your credit for up to seven years. You need to be very, very aggressive about this. Be short with your explanation with the Better Business Bureau. Be very brief with your explanation with the collector. Be kind in both things you post, both what you send to the collection agency and what you send to the Better Business Bureau. You don't want to look like a jerk and you don't want to write a long story. You want to write a short story. Now, It doesn't read from what you've said that you're a completely innocent party here because you did have equipment that was supplied to you that you trashed. They apparently at T-Mobile gave you this equipment for free. That equipment long since is obsolete. If at some point you have to reach some kind of accommodation with them where you pay them something for the equipment, that may be a wise course to just stonewall by itself may not be a good choice either. Nate in Washington says, hey, Clark, financial guru to the gods. Wow. Yeah, you have helped me out so much through the years. Up until the last couple of years, I haven't been doing everything with the money I've wanted. My credit score was 720. I got my first credit card through my credit union with an $11,000 limit. My score is now 769. My plan was to upgrade it to their cashback card, which gives 1.5%. And also open a Costco credit card. Bills and regular spending on the bank card, Costco for its benefits. 
I have two questions. First, is it enough benefit to change over to the cashback card since it'll mostly be for bills? Or would something like a city double cash be better and have three cards? Second, I'm doing a pre-approved to maybe hopefully buy my first house. I don't know if I should open new cards or other lines of credit before doing that, but how long should I wait until after to open new cards? Thank you. I am a Clarkaholic, and that is my name suggestion for you. Okay, thank you. And we keep getting suggestions from people of things you'd like to be identified as as part of our team, Clark. So it's not so much when after you close on your home, it's okay to apply for new credit cards. It's when you don't do it before, which is at least six months prior to applying for a mortgage. You don't apply for any new credit. You don't buy a car with a car loan. You don't do any of those things because that will look horrible to the mortgage underwriter. Your credit score may be fantastic, but new applications of credit are looked at as storm clouds gathering to a mortgage underwriter at most mortgage companies. So no new credit at all till after you're already in your home. As to the thing between upgrading to the credit union 1.5% cash back or doing something like City Double Cash or one of the other 2% cards, I mean, 2% is better, but I like the idea of you having three different lines of credit. So if you have the credit union credit card, you get the Citibank Costco card, I don't want you to get City Double Cash because then you're still with just two different financial institutions. I'd like it if you get a 2% cashback card from somebody else. If you're going to do the city Costco card, you get your 2% cashback card from another issuer. And I've got a list at Clark.com of 2% cashback cards. The 1.5% though from the credit union is great. 2% is just better than that. So I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Appreciate your suggestion of Clarkaholic. I want you to know that what are we dedicated to? You learning ways to save more, spend less, and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Hope you have a great day.